I'm excited to be here. I am not Joe B. I am Joe Ardo. My name is Jose, but in English, that's Joseph, amen? I know his brother said it wasn't funny, but I thought it was funny, all right? You're too old, man. The little kids think that's funny. But anyways, I'm excited to be here. I love, uh, I love Elevate. I love Jesus. I love you guys. When I first got saved, I came to Elevate. That's where I did ministry at. I was Joe, one of Joe B's leaders. One of y'all might be the next Joe B. Joe B was sitting in y'all's seat before. Do you get that? Do you get that, dude? He used to sit in these seats listening to preachers before, I mean, before he fully committed his life to Jesus and went to SUM, which is our Bible college. Before Joe B was who he is today, he was sitting in your seats on a Friday night. You get that? Come on. You could be the next preacher. You could be the next person to come up here and share the word of God. Maybe not literally next week, but God willing, that could be you. It could be you, Josiah. Jesus might have called you to do that. Amen? Come on. So be encouraged. That could be you, sister. Leading worship and or getting fired up and showing TJ how it's done. Amen? She's going to show TJ how it's done now. Amen? But amen, I'm excited to be here, man. Uh, I'm going to have two messages for today. The first one is going to be for all Christians, people who are really following Jesus, giving their life to him, and follow him every day of their life. The next one is going to be for people who aren't following Jesus and need to make a decision because tomorrow is not promised, okay? So we're going to get the first message in Philippians 2. We're in a series being thankful, amen? That's, you know, uh, what was it that Joey preached on? What was that verse he preached on last, last week, bro? Do you remember that verse? It was in Psalms, wasn't it? He's talking about giving thanks to the Lord, or was that two weeks ago? I could be mistaken. Anyways, well, when he was, if it was last week, whatever week it was, when we were talking about, um, that was two weeks ago when he was talking about that, right? The, the one from Psalms? Yeah, giving thanks to the Lord. Um, man, giving thanks to Jesus is what everyone should be doing. You have, listen to me, you can't have anything without Christ. Everything you have comes from Jesus Christ. Everything you have, your breath, your family, your life, uh, uh, your money, friends, anything you have comes from Christ. Be thankful. The Bible actually says wicked people are ungrateful. It's, wicked people aren't just people who go killing people and robbing banks. Although, yeah, that's evil. But the Bible says wicked people are ungrateful. Are you ungrateful? I know I get tempted with that. Thinking I'm doing something, thinking I'm, uh, uh, I've done it with my own strength. I mean, there's times I get tempted with that, but I'm realizing Jesus gave me everything. He's the reason I have wisdom. He's the reason I'm smart. He's the reason I'm good at basketball. He's the reason I could probably beat most of you guys in sports. He's the reason. You get what I'm saying? He's the reason why you have anything. So let's be thankful to Jesus. We're going to continue in the attitude of thanksgiving in Philippians chapter 2. Can you pull it up in the Logos app? Yeah, there you go. Amen. Let's follow along. You know, I'll put this right here. Look at it. Philippians 2, this is a letter that Paul writes in jail. Paul is a man of God who used to be a persecutor of Christians. He helped in prison and kill Christians. He helped stone, which means murder, the first Christian martyr, which is martyr means someone who gives their life up for Christ. Stephen, in the book of Acts, I think it was Acts 8, he helps them kill him when he's a young man so he hated christ he was probably worse than any of you guys here literally helping kill christians and putting them in jail and then he becomes a christian christ encounters jesus he starts following jesus amen and he's so on fire for jesus he's doing everything that jesus tells him to he's in jail and writing this letter 
He's in jail, T-Rex, and he writes this letter to this church, bro. <laughs> I ain't calling you all like that, bro. You don't got to get nervous. I ain't calling you up here. You looked at me like... <laughs> he, he's in jail writing this letter, and he's encouraging them. So imagine you think you're going through tough times. But then I write you a letter, and I'm a more on fire for Jesus than you. You're like, man, this dude's in jail, and he loves Jesus more than me. Pfft, that's a little kick in the butt. Like, come on. What am I complaining about? I need to be thankful and do what Jesus uh, tells me to do. I think it's in Philippians. I could be wrong where he says, because of my chains, these brothers and sisters are more bold. So think about it. Like I just said, you're in that predicament. You're going through a tough time, but I write you a letter. I Facebook you, and I'm like, man, I'm in jail for preaching. I'm still chilling. I'm doing a thing for Jesus. You'd be like, man, this guy's on fire for Jesus. I better do it. Come on. You guys get what I'm saying? If he's telling them this, encouraging them while he's in jail, how much more should they be encouraged and spurred on? Like, come on, I'm going to go hard for Jesus. So that's the kind of little short background of it. Um, and let's get into chapter 2 of Philippians. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any comfort, excuse me, if any common sharing in the spirit, do any of you guys have that? Are you, as anybody encouraged by being a Christian? Come on. Anybody here encouraged from being a Christian? I know I am. Any encouragement, praise God, from being united with Christ. Does you got any encouragement? Come on. It's almost like he's calling them out. Like, do you have any encouragement? I mean, he's just, all he did was save you from the fires of hell and gave you eternal life. Do you have any encouragement from being united with Christ? Any comfort from his love? Sharing in the spirit, the Holy Ghost. If any tenderness, compassion, then what does Paul say? Then make my joy complete by being what? By dressing the same? By liking the same foods? By what? By being like-minded. Having the mind of Christ. Doesn't mean you have to do literally the same things and, like I said, eat the same foods or dress the same, play the same uh, games. But being like-minded. Being one in the same mind of Christ. Having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. So there's one spirit, my friends. There's one spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and he wants us, Paul is encouraging us to be one in that. You get what I'm saying? Here's an example of that. You're called the Metro President National Church. You're in Elevate. Come to Elevate. Come to life groups. Be, a, uh, excuse me, be humble, accountable, teachable in the one-on-one. Grow in the faith. Follow what Joby did, and you can become the next uh, Elevate Youth Director, Pastor, God willing. Be one in this. You don't have to do that, but I'm just saying that that's a good example of it. He was like-minded. He was like-minded with everyone else in the leaders. He followed the vision, strategy, goal. He followed the loving God, loving people right here. He followed that. He followed the Connect Mentor said. Joby's goal is 100,050 churches in Chicago, 500 around the world. He's like-minded in the church. Does that make sense? If God calls you to another church, then you do what that church tells you to do. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to do this. If God called you somewhere else, then do what they said. But we have called over here. Do this. Come on. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of just trying to do you. Do nothing like, man, this is just for me, selfish ambition. I'm just trying to do my thing. Do nothing out of that or vain conceit. Vain conceit is thinking like, uh, uh, I think when you think about vanity, you typically think about like a woman looking at herself in the mirror. I'm so beautiful. Nothing wrong with thinking you're beautiful. But you get what I'm saying. Take it to the extreme. Vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Okay? This is the intro to the part about being thankful. He's saying, man, don't even think about what you want to do. Look to the interests of others. <clears throat> Verse 5. Look at this. In your relationships... 
in our relationships with one another, with Christians, people in the church. You should love everyone else, but here's how you should take care of it specifically in the church. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset on Christ Jesus. I like that little play on words. Mindset. That means your mind ain't twisting. Your mind ain't going this way and going that way. Your mind is set on Jesus Christ. In our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Look at it. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. If Jesus is in the very nature God, what or who is Jesus Christ according to verse 6 right there? Shout it out. Anyone know who is he? Is he just a human being? Who is he according to that? He's God. Who being in the very nature God. If you shared in God's nature, you'd be God. None of y'all share in God's nature in that way. We partake in a divine nature, but we don't share in God's nature. He's talking about who being in the very nature God does not consider equality with God something to be used as his own advantage. Think about it. If Jesus really wanted to, he could have said, man, all y'all better bow down to me. I'm going to crush all y'all if y'all don't bow down to me. Right? If he, if he, if he could have came like that, I mean, think about it. If that was me, I, I bet you I would have done something crazy like that before I was a Christian. Man, y'all better listen to me, man. I'm going to stomp on y'all. Come on. How many of y'all would do that if y'all had that authority? Like, I'm, I'm God. You could do, I'm going to tell y'all to do whatever I want. Jesus didn't act like that, my friends. You see that? Because that's not God's nature. Christ ain't boastful in that, in that sense. Rather, verse 7, he made himself nothing. He, he made himself nothing. By doing what? By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. See, Christ didn't come again just, man, y'all better bow down to me. I'm going to hit you all with some lightning bolts or bring down fire again. Two of the disciples got mad and they said, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven and burn these dudes up? These, these disciples told Jesus that. Y'all want me to call down fire and we'll burn this whole town up. Imagine y'all don't listen, and I, and I go to Jesus. Jesus, them boys in the ele elevator ain't listening, man. I want them to call down fire on them and burn them up. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? They were, they were prideful in that sense, and Jesus rebukes them because Jesus didn't come for that. He's, he's going to do that later. Listen, God's going to do that later. He's going to come back for war. But it says, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. He didn't take equality with God and use it to his advantage. Instead, he humbled himself, becoming a man, and becoming, verse 8, by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So you guys don't understand the cross. There was a lot of people crucified. Jesus wasn't the only one crucified. There was probably hundreds, if not more, people crucified. What's the big deal with one guy getting crucified on the cross? You see that? There was a lot of dudes getting crucified back then. That's like one dude gets killed in a jail or executed in jail, and, and now we talk about him for thousands of years. It's like, what's the big deal? Because he wasn't just a man, like he says right there. God humbled himself, became a man, and died on the cross for us. Therefore, God the Father, you can put the Father there, exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. Now, people will say, oh, well, if Jesus is God, how does he have to get put in a place above everyone else if he's already God? Does that make sense? God is already God. Does he have to be, someone have to give him a, a, like a leg up, like step on his stool, Jesus, and be God if he's already God? It doesn't make sense if you look at it that way. But he had to do it in the human nature. He did it as, not just as God, but as fully man, as a human being. Does that make sense? 
So if anyone tries to use this verse or other verse, well, Jesus is not God. He's praying to the Father, and he has to become elevated. And why does God give him authority or put him above everyone else if he already is God? You dummy. Because he had to come in the flesh and become our, take our place, be a servant, and die on the cross for us and raise again. Does that make sense? He humbled himself. He already is God, but he chose to become a man like us, a human being, and take our place on the cross. That at the name, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Y'all know what's under the earth? What's under the earth? Hell, my friends. Hell is under the earth. That's what he's talking about. So you're either going to bow to knee to Jesus now. Jesus, you're Lord. I care more about you than sports, than girls, than parties, than, than grades, whatever. You bow that knee to Jesus now or you're bowing it in hell. You understand that? You either bow the knee to Jesus now, or you bow it in hell. That's it. You're going to bow your knee to Jesus one way or another. You're going to bow it now, or you're going to bow it in hell when he comes and puts his foot on people. Do you understand? He's coming back for war. He is humble. He is humble. We should be thankful to him. And understand, he's not coming back to give you another chance to die on the cross. He's not going to be like, you know what? Y'all didn't listen. It's all good. Let me die again. No, the Bible says he's coming with a sword out of his mouth to strike nations down. Do you understand? He might strike America down. He, don't, don't think it's sweet, man. He'll come and strike you down if you're against him. Come on. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, glory of God the Father. Come on. Let's keep going. So let me just explain, actually, as we go into verse 12. You could just bring it up a little, bro. Put it verse 12. No, I mean the other way, yeah, yeah. So, what is Paul doing here in Philippians, the letter, second chapter? He's explaining how Jesus was humble, and now he's going to explain how we should be humble and thankful and take his attitude like that, all right? So, first he gives the example of Jesus. Now he's going to connect it to Christians. Therefore, my dear friends, if you have all, excuse me, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with happiness and doing whatever you want. With fear and trembling. That's how you should live out your salvation as a Christian. With great fear and trembling. Because the Bible says in Romans, just because how God cut off the Jews. Listen to me. The Jews are God's chosen people. If you heard the sermon on Sunday, Joe was talking about that. And he swallowed them up. The rebellion in, a, in a, an earthquake. He sent snakes to kill them. If he took them out, don't think he won't take you out. It's only by faith that you stand. It's only by faith. Unbelief, boom, you get cut out. God ain't playing favoritism. He ain't care if you're Puerto Rican and Hispanic from Chicago. He ain't playing favoritism. You go the other way, you don't believe, cut off. That's it. No favoritism. <clears throat> what do you say? Live out your salvation, fear and trembling. Remember, this word is for the church, and we'll get it to the sinners later. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And, brother, I'm, I'm sorry, but can you tell me what time we finish? It's my first one right here. Come on. Don't make it too weird. Just let me know. <laughs> so God's working in us to fill out this purpose. Amen. Verse 14. Here it is. Do everything. Think about it. All that stuff started. And now he says this in verse 14. You see Jesus being humble, dying on the cross, raising again. And now he says, verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. If these were the end times, my friend, if Paul says these are the last days and it was wicked back then, what do you think this is now? Think about it. Come on. It's coming. It's coming. Tick-tock. It's coming down. 
TikTok, my friends, you might not even make it that far. You better fear God. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Do everything. Man, that's a challenging verse for me. Because there's times I, wanna, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I, I've complained. I'm like, man, Jesus, this shouldn't be like this. Or what's going on? Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Eight minutes left? Thank you. Do everything without grumbling. So what's, instead of what should you, excuse me, what should you be doing instead of that? Being thankful. Jesus, thank you for salvation. I live it out in fear and trembling, Lord. I know you saved me on the cross and you'll cut me off if I don't follow you. Thank you for the salvation. Verse, uh, or the rest of verse 15. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Keep going, brother. And then I will be able to boast on a day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. People want to shine, right? You see American Idol and stars and shows like that. You want to shine. Listen to me. You don't serve Jesus. You ain't shining when you die. You're going to hell. But if you serve Jesus, you, what does it say? You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. What is the word of life? The Bible, my friends, the word about Jesus. But even, verse 17, if I am poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice and service coming from your faith, he's getting poured out. He's giving his life up. I am glad. Think about it. He's in jail. I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Philippians 2, we see Jesus, the example. We'll talk later, bro. We see Jesus, the example. Then he's applying it to us. Now he's going to give you two live examples of men of God doing what he's just talked about. Instead of complaining, instead of grumbling, think about it. You think you have a bad life? Paul's in jail for Jesus. None of y'all been, none of y'all been in jail for Jesus. If you are, raise your hand if you've been in jail for Jesus. That's a little cricket, right? Uh, none of y'all been in jail for Jesus. Y'all ain't suffering for Jesus. Don't act like you don't have it worse. You don't have it worse than him. And what is he saying? Don't complain. Don't argue. Be thankful. Be thankful that God saved you and live out your salvation in fear and trembling. Verse 19, again, now he's going to give you two um, live examples of what he just talked about, about how Jesus was selfless and became a man and died for us on the cross, and how we should live out our salvation, fear and trembling, being thankful. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And I got nobody like this, bro. This dude is down. He takes care of people. You get what I'm saying? There's no one like him. For everyone looks out to their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's pretty obvious what he's saying right there. They're, they're self-centered. That This guy looks out for Jesus. This dude does what Jesus wants. He's thankful. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because of the son with his father. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. What did he serve with him in? And working like with his hands? In the work of what? What does it say? In the work of the gospel. He worked with, Timothy worked with Paul in the work of the gospel, preaching, teaching, sharing the word of God, being there for people. He shared with him and worked like a son under a father. He was thankful. He lived out his, this is Timothy living out his salvation, fear and trembling, being thankful, not arguing. You see that? <clears throat> I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. He's like, man, I'm gonna get, I think I'm going to get out of here. I'm confident. I'll come see you soon. Verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to Epaphrodites, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. Look at that. He's a, this guy's like, man, this dude's a soldier for Jesus, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. So he's like, man, this guy, you sent him to me. Thank you. I'm going to send him back to y'all. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard 
while he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. So it looks like this brother was sick, almost dies, and then God's like, and uh, Paul's like, man, God had mercy on me and didn't let him die. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him back so that you may see him again and you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Honor people like him. Honor the people in your life serving Jesus. We're setting you guys a good example. Amen. We're setting you a good example. You can follow us as you follow Christ. As we follow Christ, excuse me. You can follow us as we follow Christ. We're not grumbling. We're not complaining. We're being thankful. We're living out our salvation and fear and trembling. We're working hard for Jesus. Come on. Uh, Where's that? Because he... Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help, excuse me, for the help you yourselves could not give me. So you see that? Y'all see what happened right here? Again, let me explain chapter 2 to you. Let me break it down real quick. First little passage, he's talking about Jesus being humble being, and, and coming as a man, humbling himself, dying on the cross and raising again. Then he shows how we should all do it. And now he's giving you two live examples. Is that the last verse, bro? And then he's giving you, can you go to John 3? And then he's giving you two live examples of this. Guys, look at me. If you don't focus and live your life for Jesus, you are wasting your life. You complain and you grumble. And, oh, this is tough. And my mom this, my, my, my family this, or this job, or, or this school, this, whatever the case may be. You're complaining instead of being thankful. You are wasting your life. You're wasting it. You're wasting it. Tell me something better to do than to follow Jesus. Tell us. Show me what's better than following Jesus. There ain't nothing better than following Jesus. These guys were thankful. Again, Paul writes this letter to you guys in jail. To us, now we read it, in jail. He wrote this letter in jail for Christ. He wasn't in jail because he carjacked somebody. He wasn't in jail because he robbed the bank or, or murdered somebody, even though he did, though, he murdered somebody before, or helped murder at least. He's in jail for following Jesus Christ. And he's telling y'all, stop being complaining. Stop arguing with each other. Be like-minded. Be thankful. Live out your salvation, fear and trembling. Amen? Amen? That's for the brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, this is for you guys real quick who are not in Christ. That means you're not a Christian. That means you haven't asked the Lord for forgiveness and turn and put your full trust in him. Okay? These are for those who you could die today. And go to hell. Before actually I go to this, can you just show that real pic, that quick picture I had up there? So sadly, <coughs> if you've heard at the church, we had a sister, a deacon. She's a leader in the church. Um, she died yesterday. You understand? She literally passed away yesterday. I almost can't even imagine it. I like it's. I'm almost like, man, this this is a weird joke or something. Like it's hard for me to grasp it. Died yesterday, serving Jesus. She fought the fight of faith. She did what these brothers, or what Paul was talking about, these brothers. She ain't complaining and grumbling. If she did, she repented, but she followed Jesus. She was thankful for the life that God gave her. And she worked hard for the kingdom. Do you see that? And she passed away yesterday. Leaving behind her husband, a, a faithful brother in the Lord Jesus, Juan, and a son. If God allowed her to die, why not you? Now, I'm not trying to scare you in a sense like that you're literally paranoid you might die today. But I'm just trying to get you to put this thing into perspective. You're not promised tomorrow, my friends. You're not serving Jesus. You're going to die and go to hell. It ain't a game. Don't think it's sweet. God ain't playing favoritisms. He ain't. Ain't no favoritism with God. 
You could die and be in hell like that. People die like this. I think it's faster than that. I heard it's faster than this. This is just an example I've seen someone say. You're, people dying, boom, 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 death, death, death. The Bible says after death, judgment. That's it. You either, you either gave your life to Jesus, you followed Jesus, you're righteous before God, or you didn't, boom, hell. Boom, instantly. No second chance. Don't believe Roman Catholics, purgatory. They're wrong. They're evil for that. Don't believe that. No reincarnation. Death, judgment. That's it. Death, judgment. Death, then judgment. This could be any of you guys today. Again, I'm not trying to put like human fear in you, but I'm trying to get you to fear God. You will be judged by God one way or another. There's no way out of it. No way out. Everyone here is dying. Guarantee it. And everyone here dying and getting judged by God. We need to make a choice. Can you go back to the scriptures? Praise God for the sister who lived their life for Jesus. Amen. Can you go back to John 3 real quick? We've got about two minutes. We'll finish this up. Go to just John 3.16. We're going to finish with this. I want you to see how serious it is. I just put it up there. It's so terrible that she died, but God's going to use it for good. Amen. <laughs> Simple verse on the back of our shirt. I think it literally is. Thank you, Rachel, for coming up. I forgot to call you. Um, literally, I think it literally is the most famous verse in the Bible. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Look at that now. God loved you so much. He gave his son to die on the cross for you and raise again. Pay attention, guys, please. If you, what does it say? You, if, you don't, if you believe in him, you shall not perish. That means go to hell. It doesn't mean die. Everyone dies. That means go to hell but have eternal life in Christ. You have a choice. You're either going to follow Jesus or you're going to go to hell. That's it. Islam is wrong. Roman Catholicism is wrong. All Buddhism, atheism are going to go. Atheists, all that stuff's leading you all to hell. I guarantee it. For God did not send his son, verse 17, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't come here to send you to hell. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes in God is not condemned to hell. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for them, raised it again, is not going to go to hell. What does it say? But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. You don't believe? You're already condemned. You're already going to hell. You're already going. Not because of him, because you don't believe in him. It's your fault. Not Jesus' fault, not my fault. It's your fault because they have not believed the name of who? Of God's one and only son. You're condemned because you don't believe Jesus died on the cross for you and rose again. You don't believe that he's the son of God. You haven't put your trust in him. That's why you're condemned. Not because of me or anybody else. Not even because of him. Because of yourself. You've chosen to disbelieve in God. This is the verdict. Think about a verdict like, like in a court case. Boom, they slammed the gavel. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Jesus came into the world. May people love Jesus. No, it said they love darkness instead of light because they were de their deeds were evil. You want to know why you don't love Jesus? Because you're evil and the things you do are evil. And what does it say? Everyone who does evil hates the light. You hate Jesus. That's the problem. Because they, they don't want what? And will not come into life for fear that their deeds will be exposed. That's why you don't want to come to Jesus if you haven't. Because you don't want him to expose your evil. You're playing make-believe. You think God's not going to see your evil? Remember Joe, uh, Joe B's sermon about hypocrisy? You thinking God's not going to see you? God sees all you do. How dumb you look trying to, hide, trying to hide your sins from God. 
You're a fool. He sees all you're doing. Everyone that does evil, as they hate the light, they hate Christ. But look at verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth, whoever lives by Jesus and his word, comes into the light, comes into Jesus, so they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, us Christians, man, I've already been, I've been there where I hated Jesus. I literally used to flip out my middle finger and cuss out Jesus Christ. I said, I hope he comes back, I'll kill him again. I hated him. And I didn't want to come into the light for fear that my deeds would be exposed. For fear that my deeds would be exposed. But once I came into light, Jesus forgave me of my sins. He forgave me of my sins. I realized that it was all real. That I was the one tricked, thinking I was smarter than him. It was me that was wrong. And he literally died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And I believed it. And God gave me a new life, my friends. And now verse 21 applies to me. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, comes into Christ. So they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Can we stand up, please, real quick? <clears throat> Can we have the altar workers come up, please? So, two things. If you're a Christian and you're not living a life thankful, you're not living out your salvation in fear and trembling, you're complaining, you're, you know, moaning, groaning kind of thing, and you need to ask for forgiveness, come up here so we can pray for you. Let this brother and sister encourage you how to live for Jesus, how to be thankful. Amen? That's for the Christians. If you're not a Christian and you don't love Jesus, you want to do your own, you're doing you. You're living your own life. You're on your way to hell. Ask the Lord to forgive you right now. He'll forgive you your sins now. Turn to him in faith now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Right now, ask him for forgiveness. Right now, I ask Jesus for forgiveness. I remember when Jesus saved me. I was 15 years old. I was a land king. And I hated God. I, told, I was game banging. I've been arrested seven times. And I hated God. And I felt his presence so powerfully in a church service. I didn't know nothing about Jesus. There were little things I heard here and there, but I really didn't know him. And I felt his presence. And he, I felt his power. And he got me out of gangs. And he did miracles in my life. And he saved me from that life of sin and crime. See, Jesus literally saved your life. He'll save you from hell and give you eternal life, my friends. So for those of you who are not Christians, I want you to come up so you can get prayer for. If their altar workers are taken, come to the front, I'll pray for you. Or you can just pray on your own. But let's enter into worship. Amen. Can we put that song back up, please? So come on. If you need prayer, come up here. We'll pray for you. Everyone else, let's worship for a little before we get dismissed. Come on. Let's worship Jesus. <laughs>